And we are talking more and more college basketball. You sense a trend here. We had another big-time coach on earlier today, Greg McDermott. Now we have a big-time analyst, writer, podcast host. It's that time of year. He is a CBS Sports senior college basketball writer. He is a CBS Sports HQ college basketball analyst. He is co-host of the Eye on College Basketball podcast. He is extremely, extremely good at what he does. Matt Norlander joins me right now. My dude, Matt, it's been a minute. It's great to have you on. It's your time of year. How you living? What's good, dude? Jim, that was extremely kind, way too kind. We are doing great. Just got done with an H2A, in fact. And, uh, yeah, man, it is a wonderful time of year. I appreciate you bringing me on to talk college hoops because I, March is still, you know, a week or so away. But uh, it's been a phenomenal month for the sport, and we have no shortage of intriguing team storylines, fun stuff across the board. It's going to be an awesome next seven weeks. All right, so you nailed it, and you're on it. And the fact of the matter is, March is coming up. But I, normally, I'll find you in March no matter what, Matt. But notice I didn't even wait. I didn't wait till March. I wanted to get you in before. So I spoke to Creighton head coach Greg McDermott earlier today after his team pounded UConn. Let me start right there. Since Dan Hurley's team had been a unanimous selection as the number one team in the AP poll this week, do you think that that loss was an outlier, an anomaly for the defending champs, or might they be vulnerable as as we get closer to March Madness. So I think that UConn will lose. I think UConn will lose one more time before we get to Selection Sunday. And whether that's on the road at Marquette next week, whether they get picked off uh, at Madison Square Garden, uh, UConn's elite. It has the highest ceiling of any team in the sport. I've been saying this. I, I mean, I wrote in November after I saw them uh, look just ridiculously impressive that they had the goods to actually repeat, which we haven't seen since Florida. So. They are vulnerable. Now, it was aberrational in this sense, the Creighton game. Creighton went 14 of 28 from three-point range, and UConn went 3 of 16. I don't think we'll see that happen again. Road environment. Um, but I do think UConn's a potentially great team. I push back on the idea. I actually think it's kind of a bit lazy that, you know, college basketball, men's college basketball doesn't have a great team. Well, actually, like Purdue, UConn, and Houston on balance have rated as that for the majority of the season. So I would put those three teams for now in that bucket, and then we'll see if they can live up to those expectations once we get into March there. But the thing I love about UConn is that it has a a team, a roster, and a coach that embraces everything that comes with having a number one ranking. I know you know Dan Hurley plenty well, and they just don't run from it. They have this mindset of, yeah, we, we do want the smoke, and uh, when things go wrong, Dan Hurley had a hilarious social media post a couple of days ago where he basically took a Game of Thrones shame meme and uh, said, see you Saturday. Villanova goes into Gamble on Saturday, and uh, that might not go so well for the Wildcats. We'll see. But I do like UConn a lot, and I consider them at their best to be the best team in the sport. You're on it. I, I love them. I love him. I love them. I love the culture. I love the program. I love the mindset. And you're right. I love that they want that smoke. I love it. So the Big East also gave us the full Rick Patino experience the last few days. He destroyed some of his guys by name following that loss to Seton Hall. He called this season, quote, the most unenjoyable experience of my life. Then he doubled down on that tirade a day later before doubling back and apologizing on Wednesday. I know he gave you a lot to discuss on your podcast. What do you make of the latest ep of the Patino show? Well, this is what comes with it. 
Uh, Jim, I did catch uh, when you brought Patino up on the show uh, earlier this week, and I was I was cracking up because because uh, frankly, it is I mean, these quotes are unbelievable. And this is what you get when you hire Rick Patino. You are going to get all the good that can come from it if he is able to get St. John's back into the tournament, back into a, being a top twenty-five level program. We don't have that yet, but he is not changing who he is from a competitive standpoint. And this is what he is. I mean, when you drop that, I want to die of cold in the frostbite or whatever the hell he said after losing against Creighton, that is Rick Pitino. And so uh, after these games, he's highly emotional. He's going to hold his players to a very high standard. This is not new. It is not new. This has been who he has been forever. And I, as someone who covers the sport, and I'll be at the Garden to cover the Big East tournament, I'd like to see St. John's figure out a way to win a few games here and then bring that much more juice. But Regardless, he is providing endless streams of content, and I would venture to guess that even though St. John's hasn't been a reliably good program for the majority of the past literally 25 years, has not won a tournament game since 2000, I think, I think we will look up in a year's time to Max, and he'll have them in the top 25 and bringing the Big East even more storylines than already, but he's He's taking care of it on his own accord, uh, even better than we could have expected in year one. 100%, and history would suggest, history would illustrate that's exactly what's going to happen. Matt Norlander joining us. So, Matt, how about this? Number four, Arizona, is in line to be a top seed in the tournament, but last night's home loss to Washington State allowed the Cougars to move into first place, into first place in the Pac-12, posting WSU's first win over a top-four ranked team since 1983. All of that said, where would you you slot Kyle Smith in the National Coach of the Year conversation based on what he's done this season in Pullman? He's a top three candidate right now. I would give you Dan Hurley at UConn. You look at everything he lost from the national championship team, and now they might repeat Dan Hurley. Just because you're expected to be good should not eliminate you from the National Coach of the Year discussion. So Hurley, Kyle Smith, and then Danny Sprinkle at Utah State, he's just an outrageous story. They didn't return a single point off of a team last season. He just took the job, and and now they're cruising to the NCAA tournament there. So those would be my top three candidates. Kyle Smith and Washington State are on. I think it's the story of the season so far because this is a program that only Northwestern, among all high majors, Jim, has fewer NCAA tournament trips in its history. Hasn't been there since Tony Bennett took them in in 2008, man. Like, they have only won two conference regular season championships in their history, 1917 and 1941. That's the last time. This is, an outra- this is outrageous. So the fact that they swept Arizona, didn't, hadn't done that in 14 years, and kind of stepping back big picture, Jim, Washington State, Oregon State, they get left behind. They get stranded. Everyone else flees off to the SEC, to the Big Ten. Even Cal and Stanford were so desperate that they, they joined up to join the ACC, right? And so Oregon State, Washington State get left behind. A football move, obviously, but to see Washington State and men's basketball now on the precipice of winning the Pac-12 slash Pac-10 slash Pac-8 for the first time ever, I think it's an incredible story and, uh, and a nice little, you know, uh, a bit of a uh, of redemption for a, for a Cougars program that, oh, by the way, this isn't like, oh, cool, like they're going to maybe get a seven seat. Uh, no, team can make the Sweet 16. 
They're led in part by a guy named Miles Wrights, who beat cancer last year and is one of the best players in the Pac-12. No better story in the sport right now than the Cougs. Agreed. It's an incredible story. That's why I put them so high up in the conversation. I love it. Matt Norlander joining us. All right, Matt, so what about you know the Blue Bloods? I talked to Bill Self this week. He told me that he thought the Big 12 could get nine teams in the NCAA tournament. Do you agree with that assessment? And how does this year's edition of that conference stack up against the deepest conferences that you've seen in your years of covering this sport? Yeah, it's it's pretty deep. Um, I, I think that nine is definitely in the equation. The Big 12 is absolutely loaded. We've got a, a you know, a, a just tomorrow on uh, on CBS, we've got, We've got just a huge, huge lineup, and Houston at Baylor is, is going off at noon Eastern, and that is major. I mean, Houston making the jump from the American Athletic Conference into the Big 12 and not dropping off at all. Like, Houston has rated number one at Ken Palm for 90 straight days. I think UConn's feeling is higher than anyone, but Ken Palm's metric has consistently said this is the best team in the sport, and there's been no drop-off. It's been insane, and I know Kelvin Sampson's uh, a friend and fan of the jungle there. For the Big 12 overall, it's going to – it's going to put at least eight. Nine is on the table. I think ten is probably unrealistic. It is among the deeper leagues, but I actually think there's been a couple of years recently where it has actually maybe been better overall, but nevertheless, Houston National Championship contender, I'd say Iowa State's a Final Four contender, Baylor a Final Four contender, Kansas a Final Four contender, and then you talk about you know Grant McCaslin. He wouldn't be at the top of my list for National Coach of the Year candidates, but 19-7 his first year at Texas Tech. They're in there. Mark Pope, what he's done at BYU has been insane. TCU's on its way. Texas is on its way. And then Porter Moser has uh, Oklahoma still in a pretty decent position to, to break on into the tournament. So the Big 12 is loaded. It will have multiple teams in the second weekend. And I would expect at least, you know, it's hard to get to a Final Four, and sometimes it can be uh, a bit of randomness. But I would expect at least one Big 12 program finds its way to Phoenix for the final Well, I think so, too. Love Porter. Love Mark Pope. Glad you got those guys in there. Matt, what about – now, the SEC is kind of intriguing. They've got – they're in line to get maybe nine teams in, but six schools are only separated by three games at the top of the SEC standings. Which team do you think or do you have the most confidence in at this stage of the season in that conference? All right. Now now you're tapping into something here because the SEC is fascinating, okay? It is a deep – it's a deep league. It's going to send could – send, it could also – here's the thing. SEC could also send nine to the tournament. Now, it would need a few things to break its way. But who's the best team in this conference, man? Alabama plays at Kentucky on Saturday, CBS 4 p.m. Eastern. Kentucky coming off just a freakish loss at LSU on the last play of the game there. Um, if Alabama can get that win on the road, and it might, and that might be a race to 90. Like, if you're listening to this interview and you've been kind of dipping in a little bit here and there with college hoops, Saturday is a wonderful day for a lot of it, but Alabama-Kentucky could be like a watchable two hours where they are trading buckets. Rob Billingham of Kentucky is as watchable maybe as any player in the sport. Doesn't play a lot of defense, but on offense, he is he's a wonder. He is a blur, man. So I think there's something for Alabama there. Tennessee has been mostly consistent, but I'm not going to you know talk around the fact that Tennessee under Rick Barnes has been a tournament underachiever. So in the context of this season, they've got Dalton Connect. Dalton Connect is going to be the better or worse of the sport, Jim. Dalton Connect is going to give hope to like 300 players at the low major level that they can go into the transfer portal and suddenly become a first-team All-American. It's just not going to happen like that, but that's what this dude did. Northern Colorado to now being maybe the skeleton key that can unlock Rick Barnes' NCAA tournament potential. We'll see. I would say I think I would trust Tennessee more than any other team. I just saw Auburn lose at home last weekend. I was in the jungle. I just saw Kentucky win there. 
South Carolina is good. Metrics-wise, they're not up there. I would go Tennessee, but there's a lot of undecided matters and questions with the SEC right now. It's going to get a lot of teams in. You'll have teams on the 9, 10, 11, 12 line probably, but uh, but it's got talent. There's no doubt about it, but they're just a little bit more unpredictable on the whole. So, Matt, before you go, what about Kentucky? What about the BBN? What about my guy, Cal? So, John Calipari comes in after that big win over Auburn, and he's talking junk, and he's saying, and I love Cal, and Cal's like, hey, look, man, enough, enough. Don't bring it to the players. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Bring me the heat. I want it. I want it. And then they go out and they get beat. How do you think this thing ends for Cal? Like, how much longer? I mean, the fact that he has stayed in that pressure cooker as long as he has, and the fact that he had an all-star game where he had seven guys playing this past year was a great flex, but there's a lot of heat on him, and we know the BBN's coming for him. How do you think that plays out, and how do you think that ends ultimately? Man, so I was at the Auburn game when they won. I was in that, I was in the media room when he walked in, and it was just, it was one of the stranger ways I've heard a coach start a press conference. Like, oh, you guys were almost like he thought the media was rooting for Kentucky to lose and expecting a loss. Which, well, there's no right. almost to it, my man. Right? That's exactly what he was saying. I know. And then he's like, "Hey, leave my players alone. Keep attacking me, Jim." They lost at LSU, and he bounced after three questions the next game. What are we doing, Cal? <laughs> like, we can't we, we keep can't attacking me. So I'm I, done. I cannot wait for the post game between Patino. And Calipari and their post-game presser moments, it's, just, it's, it's really given Rocket Fuel the sport in the past couple of weeks here. How it ends for him, uh, great question. I don't think like there's any situation, frankly, that, that he wouldn't be coaching them next year. Um, he's gotten them back into the national conversation. Yes, there's been some ups and downs. Their big, Kentucky fans' big issue is that Rob Dillingham, who I mentioned before, and then Reed Shepard, who has just incredible poise. I'll have a feature on him and his family coming up next week at CBSSports.com. He has uh, a wherewithal on the floor that is undeniable, yet Calipari is not starting these guys. Now, sometimes defensively he might have his reasons, but it has brought a ton of heat. The contract, I mean, Calipari, he's still got, I mean, millions upon millions upon, I mean, millions coming to him. Um, I still think he's there for a few more years uh, because I also keep coming back to this. If you want to talk about where Kentucky goes after Calipari is done, and whenever that is, two years from now, five years from now, whatever, who is going to be the coach that can inherit that job, keep Kentucky at what the fan base expects, top 10 level nationally, and handle, like even the Kentucky job now, Jim, is not what it was when Cal got there 15 years ago when you think about how media has changed and everything. So someone one day will have to take it over. Uh, but replacing Calipari, even with only one national title, I get it. Even with that, it is, it is way easier thought and said been done. I think he's done a decent job, but I tell you what, like if it will, it will be world on fire. If Kentucky doesn't even make the Sweet 16 this season because fans are they are certainly fed up of, of having all this potential and not coming through. They don't want to hear about all the all stars that he's had come through because that just reminds them, hey, you had all this talent, but you haven't been to a Final Four since 2015. Hey, you had all this talent. We didn't cut down the net since 2012, so it kind of goes both ways with him. Yeah, no, BBN's rough now. BBN's coming for him, but Cal doesn't back down. It's going to be fascinating to see. That, that is not an easy gig, but I, I, I do think that's absolutely hilarious, Matt, that, and I love Cal, but the Cal's whole thing, man, bring it to me, bring it to me, bring it to me, and then he bounced after three questions. That is actually hilarious. <laughs> To me, I find that very funny. Matt, it is your time of year, and I wanted to get to you as soon as I possibly could. It is great to have you on the show. As always, you are doing tremendous work, man. Have a great weekend. I know it's a big one, and I think we'll run you down again before the end of the season. 
Jim, I appreciate that so much, man. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, link up in March, and you have a wonderful weekend. You too. Matt Norlander joining us. He's one of the best. Now, I remember when Matt started. He he is so good at what he does and has grown so much. And, and I'm not being patronizing in any way. This guy is awesome. Awesome. Awesome in how he works. Awesome in how he thinks. Awesome in how he reports. He He is a great success story. Great content. So when I say I'm proud of him, I'm proud that I knew him when and that he's doing as well as he is right now. He is a pro. Love Matt. Just attack me and leave these kids alone. Cal's so great. Just attack me. Leave these kids alone. And then he goes out and he loses, and then he bounces after three questions. Please just lead my players. That is so funny. Let them be young and learn. I love Cal. keep attacking me.